Welcome, podcasters, to Living Life Like It Matters. And today, we have a great podcast for you. Today's podcast is called Mastering Change, Life's One Constant. And today, we have best-selling author Walt Carter and his book that he just wrote, We Can't Stay Here. A great book, a great interview. But I want to talk about this thing called change before we get in the interview. You know, change is the one constant in life. And the way we handle change, the way we embrace change, the way we deal with change dictates so much. And it's a big part of life, uh, bigger than most people realize. Let me give you a couple examples. First of all, I do a lot of work uh, with psychometrics. A psychometric is just a way to put people into a category. I don't want to say a box. It allows us to get a basic understanding of some traits uh, about them, some ways that they like to interact. And the reason why this matters is this allows us to build rapport. Rapport is a communication psychology. It's done at the unconscious level. And it really just allows for effective communication to take place. And so one of my favorite uh, psychometrics and the, the one that's most used out there is called DISC, D-I-S-C. And the reason I bring this up, the S personality style uh, is supportive. It deals with status quo. It is the largest of the four behavioral styles. Matter of fact, 30 to 35% of all people fall into the S category in the DISC psychometric. Why does that matter? Because for the S personality, uh, they are people-focused and they are reserved. They are steady, they are stable, they are secure, they are supportive, they are servants, they are sweet, uh, they are submissive, they are shy, they like the status quo, they are sentimental, and they like sameness. In other words, one of the biggest fears for the S-type personality is change, and lots of change is really scary. And so of the behavioral personality styles, the largest one is S, and their biggest fear is change. Now let's go to your fingerprints. You know, I can capture your fingerprints. It's called an innate intellect. I can capture your fingerprints and give you a 37-page printout of your brain. Your fingerprints come in somewhere between the 8th to 21st weeks in gestation. Uh, I think it's actually 13th to 21st weeks. The same exact time the lobes of your brain come in. And so the innate profile, what it works on is based on the concept that the corresponding fingerprint, the print that you have on your finger, is identical to the corresponding lobe in your brain. Now, there are three basic styles of fingerprints, technically four, if you consider one of them would be composite or accidental. But you have the world, uh, the world, which is a self-cognitive thinker. You have the arc uh, pattern, which is a reflective thinker. And you have the loop, which denotes uh, an effective thinker. Why does this matter? Because loops are very affected. They are affected by their environment. And so that what that tells you is there's a lot of change. Why does that matter? Because two-thirds of all fingerprints are loops. And loops are affected by their environment. They could be good in a good environment, and they could be bad in a bad environment. Anybody notice what we're talking about here? We are talking about change. And that's one thing that we got to understand. It's all about change. And when we can learn how to embrace change, when we can learn how to deal with change, then it affects a lot of things we do, a lot of things we do. And so today we have a great, great guest. Uh, Walt is going to talk about his time in the military, and he's written a great book on the topic of change. And before we get to today's interview, let me share a poem with you called Change by Kathleen Jesse Rain, which again uh, shows you the fact that change is all around us. So to be the people, to be the leaders that we want to be, we need to learn how to handle change. So let me close out this intro with some words from Kathleen Jesse Rain. Change, said the sun to the moon, you cannot stay. Change, says the moon to the waters, all is flowing. Change, 
says the fields to the grass, seed time and harvest, chaff and grain. You must change, said, said the worm to the bud, though not to a rose. Petals fade, that wings may rise, borne on the wind. You are changing, said death to the maiden, your wan face to memory, to beauty. Are you ready to change, says the thought to the heart, to let her pass all your life long? For the unknown, the unborn, and the alchemy of the world's dream? You will change, says the stars to the sun, says the night to the stars. And the way you handle change, says Mr. Black to his listeners, has a lot to do with your level of success. Inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy. And teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott B. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Impressive. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. I am he, you are you, and the time is now for Like It Matters Radio. This is where we're living life like it matters. And today, we're going to go in depth on a specific and an important leadership quality, ability, whatever you want to call it, and it's change leadership or management. You know, Greek philosopher Heraclitus, Heraclitus. I had to look this up. Heraclitus. Boy, his name is pretty interesting spelling. But he said change is the only constant in life. You know, think about that. Everything is changing uh, around us. Our country's changing. Our beliefs are changing. Our norms are changing. Our relationships are changing. Our lives are changing, right? The new norm, right? So much change all around us. And if we're going to be at the top of our game, if we're going to to be the best, the best, then then we're going to need to embrace change, you know, manage, lead change, become comfortable with change. And think about this. How do we become comfortable with something? Well, we understand it. We study it. We embrace it, right? Uh, And today on Like It Matters Radio, we're going to be joined by author and change leader Walt Carter. Walt will be talking about change in his new best-selling book, We Can't Stay Here. But, you know, change is one of those constants in life. I mean, from the day we're born, we are one day closer to death. And Heraclitus, a great, great philosopher. Matter of fact, I did not know this, but he was a pioneer of wisdom who lived over 500 years before Jesus Christ. And he was actually from the city of Ephesus. Which, for you Bible scholars, yeah, if you know anything about the Bible, Ephesus is a pretty important place uh, in the history of the Jews and the history of the, the people of the way. And so, 500 years before Jesus Christ was born, his thoughts fed into the writings, by the way, of Aristotle, of Plato, right? And many ancient Greek philosophers taught valuable lessons that are still mind-blowingly relevant today. When a simple saying has remained alive for centuries, it is a good idea to stop and recognize the truth. And so change is the only constant in life. Man, so many quotes on change. Uh, Times change, people change, situations change, relationship change. The only thing constant is change. Sonia Parker said, you can't change people, but you can be the reason they decide to change. But they won't change until they feel that there's a need to change, right? In order for a person to change, they must be willing to change themselves. We all know how hard it is to implement change in our own lives, so we cannot always expect for people to change just because we want them to, right? The habits, the actions, those that we commit to are influenced by others at times, but are ultimately a result of our own desires. Think about that. You can change your hobbies, but you can't change your interests. You can change who you say you care about, but you can't change who really cares about you. That's Melkor Lim. Uh, Peter Drucker said this, Everybody has accepted by now that change is unavoidable. But that still implies that changes like death and taxes, it should be postponed as long as possible and no change would be vastly preferable. But in a period of upheaval, such as the one we are living in now, change is the 
norm, right? Changing the face can change nothing, but facing the change can change everything. And the cool thing about what we're going to talk to today, Walt, you know, I I met Walt on a a, a phone call with Elevate, my networking group. Uh, for those that listened to the show a couple weeks ago, I was in San Diego with a group called Elevate. And I got a chance to speak a couple times and just to connect with some great people. And a, lo- a lot of business owners, a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, people who just start businesses just to make money. And one of the big words uh, in the business community is pivot. Pivot. We hear all these business owners, people that are serial entrepreneurs. They just start businesses, start business, start businesses, have a see a need, they create a, a product or a service to fill that need, and they just work to make capital, make money off it. And it's a great, great idea. But one word that they kept talking about over and over at this three-day event was pivot. Pivot. And we talk about leaders being fluid, right? Fluid, where you're always moving, might not always look in a forward direction, but you're always moving, right? Adaptability. Adaptability is the ability to to modify certain things, knowing based on who you are, based on what you want, based on who you are, based on where you're going. And again, all those things fall under the category of change, and so when we talk about change, you really go the different roles we have. You know, we have the leadership role and we have the management role. And Walt today is in both the leadership of change and the management of change. Remember, leadership and management, they are two different roles. Now, people inter- use those words. They kind of treat them like they're synonyms, but they're really not. One's a, a different role than the other. One's a left brain process and one's a right brain process. You know, managers are bottom line focused. They focus on how they can best accomplish certain things. However, leaders deal with the top line. What are the things I want to accomplish? You know, we've heard this one before. Managers do things right, but leaders do the right things. Managers are efficient in climbing the ladder of success, but leaders determine if that ladder is leaning against the right wall, right? Managers keep the ship running, the engine oiled and the ship in good repair. Leaders steer the ship and they decide where it's headed. They also decide the ship's size, characteristic, and potential. And you've heard this one a thousand times. Managers manage things. Leaders lead people. You know, Nietzsche said it best, he who has a why can bear almost any how. And so take a look at that quote in relation to leaders and managers, right? Managers set up procedure manuals, work schedules, improve technologies. They work on the how. He who has a why can bear almost any how. However, leaders, leaders work on vision, direction, the underlying mission of the organization. They inspire, they motivate, they work on the why, he who has a why can bear almost any how, right? Let's take a farm, for example, right? On a farm, managers make sure the crops are planted, cared for, and harvested on time. Leaders, though, decide which crops to plant and whether it will be planted in a given year. I, I love the example of in the jungle. In a jungle, you know, um, managers are behind the producers, sharpening machetes, working on muscle enhancement programs. They're figuring out the best way to compensate machete wielders. In that same jungle, however, leaders, they climb the tallest tree. They make sure the team is going the right direction. They survey the entire situation. And if need be, they yell out, wrong jungle. That's the difference between leadership and management. And today we're going to talk to a guy who wrote an entire book. He has a military background, and you're going to hear from him. His specialty is leadership and management. Remember, leadership's the ability to say we need to change based on who we are, based on what our outcome. But management is making sure the change that we're doing takes place in the proper way, that we have metrics, we have ways to measure it, we make sure that we're going in the right direction, we're changing the right things. And I'm going to pick uh, Walt's brain because, you know, there's a lot of change going on around us. And not all change is good, and not all change is bad. But there are important questions. When do you know it's time to change, right? Why change, right? These are important questions. 
and he's wrote a great book on it. He's put it in some chunkable pieces I think you're going to really enjoy. I heard him on an interview on my Elevate uh, phone call, and I figured, you know what? Our listeners uh, need to hear Walt talk about change because one thing that's going on around us all over the place, in our schools, in our government, uh, in our country, in our families, in our jobs, is change. And if you're going to be the the person you're called to be, then you need to know how to handle this change and make sure the change that's going on is proper for you. So today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about pivot, adapt. We're talking about change. I'm Black. We'll be right back. At Like It Matters, we're about feeding people, but not in the traditional sense. For it is written that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. As conduits, we want to feed people with hope, belief, and an understanding that they have the power and freedom to control how they feel and the way they think. Our daily buffet of encouragement and assistance is served through our trainings, our radio show, one-on-one counseling, and sharing the word through wayofwarrior.blog. As this year comes to a close, please consider Like It Matters for your year-end tax-deductible donations. We'll use the gift of your donation to bring inspiration, education, and application to those suffering from trauma tied to abuse, molestation, PTSD, drug addiction, and more. Thank you for considering Like It Matters as one of your donation destinations. To help us help others, please donate today at likeitmatters.net slash nonprofit. That's likeitmatters.net slash nonprofit. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am black, and you are back being under construction. And you know, the whole concept of being under construction is based on Dr. Deming's concept of constant and never-ending improvement. You know, a little bit better today than yesterday, a little bit better tomorrow than today. And Dr. Deming's work in Japan after uh, the end of World War II uh, brought us lean manufacturing, Six Sigma, Lean Sigma, and they're all about constant and never-ending improvement. And if you consider what that means, that means constant and never-ending change, Right? You get that? That's what it's about, change. And uh, as we talked about at the beginning, the only thing constant in life is change. And so if you're going to be the best version of yourself, if you're going to be able to accomplish everything that life has for you, the change is part of the process. Uh, and uh, you can fight it. You can resist it. It's still going to happen. It just won't happen as good. It won't happen under your control. Uh, but if it's going to happen, you might want to get in tr- control and get in the driver's seat and make it happen to the best of your ability. And that's why I'm so pleased to to offer you this next guest. You know, I was I told you I was on a phone call, an Elevate phone call. It's a networking group that I belong to. Uh, and it was my first one ever been on. And I w- got in a few minutes late. And here's this guy being interviewed uh, by Craig Shelley. And <laughs> he's talking about change. I'm like, hey, this sounds pretty cool. And the book is We Can't Stay Here. And boy, what a great title. And there's a lot of things I could say about today's world that uh, would be apropos for We Can't Stay Here. But it's written by Walt Carter. Uh, and I got this right from Amazon on the book uh, when they're talking about the book. It said, over his extraordinary career, Walt Carter learned and developed a remarkable ability to lead people, teams, and organizations through massive transformational changes. Many of these were turnaround efforts where the teams had gotten off course and needed help to reorient it or realign to the original mission charter. Walt Carter shares lessons and powerful tools to ensure that you can get yourself and your crew all the way through your big transformational changes and not only survive the journey, but learn and grow along the way while delivering the goods for your organization. He says that you'll learn how to complete your success storyboard before you launch, how to use that storyboard to guide you through the journey and navigate the unknowns and the knowable. So I'm proud to welcome to Like It Matters Radio, Mr. Walt Carter. Walt, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. Uh, my pleasure, Scott. Happy to be with you today. Well, and, uh, you know, I, I, I could not read uh, your your bio, your background, but I know you got a military background and, and you've done a lot of work and change. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your background? Sure. Uh, so I, I am, uh, you know, a second generation military guy. My dad uh, spent, you know, most of his 
adult life in the in the U.S. Air Force. Uh, so we moved around a lot when I was a kid, and then when I graduated from college with my uh, my undergraduate degree in physics, I uh, I went to work as a, uh, a you know basically a missile maintenance officer in Minot, North Dakota, wow. for a few years. Had some really great jobs. Worked for for some really great leaders uh, while I was on active duty. Uh, got to be part of you know airborne command and control and command and control your know, missions on at NORAD and at headquarters. Uh, you know, in addition to you know being a card carrying rocket scientist that's actually worked on real rockets <laughs> up in North Dakota. <laughs> That's so cool. You are a real card-carrying member of a, of a rocket scientist. I like that. I like that. You don't have to be a rocket scientist, but you have, you're you a one. <laughs> so uh, well, I scanned through. I'm sorry. I will, I will say this, too. You know, I, I, I don't take a whole lot of credit for what I, I now do as a, as a leader uh, because I, I, I wound up having a really great experience at Minot in particular with the, the guy that wrote the afterword uh, for my book, Colonel Politi, mm-hmm. uh, you know, did a turnaround at Minot back in the 80s uh, that, you know, just stuck with me. And I, I, over the years, I tell people, you know, my best job ever still, 37 years later, is the first job I had out of the year, out of the out of college. And, uh, you know, and watching what, what Colonel Politi did to turn that base around, not just the missile wing that he was in charge of, but the whole base, you know, and within within a couple of years under his leadership, we went from, you know, hey, you guys probably shouldn't even be in the business of working with nuclear weapons to we were the best operational performing base in all of the Department of Defense. And, I, you know, I tell wow. the story in the book, but I will tell you that, you know, for, for your listeners, uh, right, you know, John's philosophy of leadership is one I've been trying to adapt and adopt for my whole career as a leader and you know and, it, and it's real simple he said love them and then lead them uh and if, if you can't right. love them you should lead them uh and you know some people make it really hard for you to like them let alone love them but you got to rise above that and find a way to love them in order for you to lead them effectively and uh and you know and that that kind of simple you know humility filled leadership style really works and and it worked phenomenally well for us at, at Minot back then and you know I'm a young lieutenant watching all this unfurl in front of me and you know within a couple of years all of a sudden I'm leading and hosting tours of dignitaries from all over the world who are coming in you know to Minot North Dakota to figure out how in the world did you guys unlock the, the key you know to to operational performance and operational excellence I, I heard a little bit of your your preamble you know before it came on and you know i will tell you that john and you know and colonel Politi and the whole crew at the time we were all coming at the world from a doctor dimming orientation right so we were all looking at total quality management and those principles of his you know and particularly driving out fear and creating safety right that's that's kind of the the corollary to drive is you create safety and you allow people to bring their A-game. You, you allow people to quit ducking their heads and laying low until the trouble time's over, and, and you get them into that kind of peak performance or flow state that everybody admires. But, but in order to do that as a leader, you've got to create the conditions for that, right, which is I've got to create yep. an opportunity for you to feel safe being at your best and taking risk and learning. Uh, right, and that's the whole. Yeah, and Dr. Deming wasn't the only one of the the guys that were they're yeah, thinking about yeah. quality back then. I mean, you know, you know, Crosby, Duran, all of those guys. Somewhere in their their points had drive out fear or remove fear. Right, uh, you know, and 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 it's because that's so central to being a good leader is you've got to create safety for your people so that they can then perform at their best. That's so powerful. I think people miss it. And fear is one of those, you know, there's like 1,400 known fears. And I think there's only two that we're born with, the fear of loud noise and the fear of falling. So all the other fears, and we got so many of them, uh, is BS, just belief system. And even Christ said, you know, I'm a Christian and, you know, I quote Christ a lot. You know, Jesus said, I did not give you a spirit of fear, but a power and a sound mind. And it seems like a lot of people are driven by fear. And I love the concept that you guys approach it right 
right from that, that you've got to remove that fear, and that allows people to change so much easier. But you credit a lot of it to your the people who you had the blessing to be under, right? I mean, you were you've been under some good leaders. It sounds like correct. Oh yeah, absolutely. I've I've been under some bad ones too, though. Uh, right, and, and that's <laughs> Amen. The, the, the the classroom experience when you're under a bad leader is brutal. Uh, I mean, yeah. that's that's really not a yeah. place to, uh, you know. And I talk a little bit about that too. I mean, and a lot of the shipwrecks that you see uh, along the way are are also driven by you know essentially a, a non-performing leader, right? Somebody that didn't know yep. what they were leading into and and then led you badly or led you astray as as the sayings go yeah. right you know and uh you know and then being on one of those you know missions or that crew uh with a bad leader you know and and you know i talk about you know one guy in particular i worked for that you know just you know crucified somebody that brought him bad news and uh, literally you know made it the most unpleasant experience you can imagine and so eventually what happened mm. was nobody told him it was bad that didn't mean it that the yeah. bad stuff wasn't happening they just wouldn't tell him anymore. And then he was surprised yeah. on his exit interview with HR to find out that that was a real problem for him, right? You know, that, you know, you crucified all the messengers and therefore nobody would bring you the message anymore. And, and you know, and, yeah. I, and I, I'll be honest, I thought, you know, well, maybe I should have told it. Maybe, maybe I should have, I should have stepped up and told it. But I was like, oh, I don't know. I mean, that's a career limiting move when you do that. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. So I got to ask you, so why change? Uh, you could have written on so many different things. So I just think I'm a writer too. I love to write. So what, what, what brought up the concept? I think I'm going to write about change. How'd you get to that? You know, the, the first thing that popped into my head was really that title, right? You know, and that, that Heraclitus, uh, you know, quote that you put out there has been with me for a long time. You know, and, and as a leader, I mean, the, the truth of leadership is it is all about change. It's not about management. Management yep. is, you know, doing yep. the stuff that you're doing the right way, right? That's kind of an, an approach, yep. right? Leading, making sure you're doing the yep. right things. And and so yep. leading, leading in its root is actually a word that, that has to do with vision and seeing and going forward, you know. And, and management actually has in its root, you know, from the Latin the derivation comes from to handle, right? To put your fingers on things yep. and handle, right? You know, leadership yep. is all about seeing. And that's where I feel like, you know, if you're, if you're going to be in a leadership position, you know, and whether they call you a manager or a leader, you need to understand that there's, there's those two components of your job. One is to be able to see the future and take your team to that future safely. And the other is to handle the things that are in your hands today well and ably and and so you know yep. again two two functions but they're still wrapped into your body of work and and you don't have to be the leader the ceo or the chairman of the board in order to be effective as a leader slash manager in your organization but you do have to understand that there's these two different components right and the one that gets us into most trouble is the lack of good leaders that you know i have a, a great friend that yep. i used to uh, work with we're getting ready to go to a hard break here let's wait can you hold on that walt can you hold on that we're going to a hard yeah. break uh, we're talking to walt carter uh author and we'll be back we are all in the construction business constructing memories relationships new ideas and a legacy that will outlive us Life is best imagined as a construction project. Hey, can we get that backhoe over here? At Like It Matters, we craft tools and teach you how to use them. Mr. Black has a bevy of tools to help you build your life into your dream. One of those tools is individual life counseling. The best analogy is a life caddy, because sometimes you just need another set of eyes. A second tool, books by Mr. Black, always opening up your mind. Third, workshops, where we teach people how they work and how to function at a higher level. Nice job. That's it for today. Wrap it up. Contact Mr. Black at mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Building a better you today. Likeitmatters.net. Helping people live their lives like they matter. That's mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision, and your life. This is what change looks like. Go change your diaper, baby. <laughs> I am black, and you are back to Like It Matters Radio. This is where we're living life like it matters. And today, 
uh, you get a twofer. Not only do you get Mr. Black, but you get Mr. Carter. And not only do you get Mr. Carter, who is a, a leader, a change leader, a change agent, but he's also uh, is a, a well-spoken on leadership and has the experience. So, again, Walt, I want to thank you for joining us here on Like It Matters Radio. Oh, again, my pleasure. I, you know, I love talking about this stuff, obviously, Scott. You know, it's been a, a big part of my life for, for years and Amen. years. Uh, one one of the things I was about to tell you before we went to break, you know, a, a great mm-hmm. friend of mine who was at CIO at Delta Airlines when I first came to Atlanta, you know, 20-some years ago, uh, he and I, you know, did some consulting projects together over the years with a, a number of different companies. And, and one of the things that Jimmy taught me was, you know, well, we got to find the visionary leader, right? And and if we find one of those, we can be successful here. Uh, but if we can't find one, we need to tuck our tails and run, uh, right? Because we're not going <laughs> to we're not gonna be able to make the adjustments that we need, or get consensus, or you know, fill out any of the storyboard you know items that that we're going to need to do to be able to generate a successful change outcome. And uh, you know, and the key to the the whole thing is the vision thing, right? And I hit that pretty hard in the book yeah. because that's yeah. the number one thing, right? You know, I, uh, you know, I'm in the IT world, uh, you know, is how I make my money. And, uh, you know, over the years, we watched a number of big, big projects, millions of dollars being spent on package software implementations, uh, and, you know, go, go south, frankly, go badly. And, and, you know, there was a particular group, the Standish group, that used to re- report out, you know, on the success or failure rates of those big projects, and they called it the chaos report. Uh, and, uh, you know, and around 1998, 99, they said the number one reason for bad projects, for those big write-offs, was poor executive sponsorship or poor executive commitment. And, uh, you know, it wasn't bad project management, it wasn't, we didn't have a good mm-hmm. plan, it wasn't have the resources that we needed, right? It was, we just didn't have the leadership. I mean, that's, and and I believe yeah. if you go out today, that's still going to be the number one reason for massive project failure, right, is the lack of leadership. And so, yep. consequently, you know, Jimmy was right on the money, right? We can't find a visionary leader, we need to get the heck out of here. Yeah. Amen. And it all starts at the top. You know, Reagan used to talk about trickle-down economics, and I know uh, the Democrats ripped that apart, but it does. When there's more money at the top, usually it passes down. When I have more money, my kids get more gifts. I mean, it is trickle-down, and, and I really do think that leadership uh, is a trickle-down as well. And uh, let me ask you, how do you know when it's time to change? Is there a telltale sign that you, when you know it's time to change? You know, that's a good question. I, I think that, that a lot of times there there is a kind of in-your-face moment, right? Uh, this mm-hmm. this is not going to you know, In the military, you know, which is kind of where the, the title comes from, right? You know, you're, you're sitting in, yeah. you know, in the and and you see an inbound you know shell coming your way right you you don't have a meeting and ask for consensus right you know you, <laughs> yeah hey move left move right right but but you gotta you gotta move yeah. you can't stay there or you're gonna die and 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 most of our training in the military is about how to build that trust before you make that command so that they will actually follow you and not die because they want to argue with your order. Right. And, uh, yeah. you know, and so, you know, and if, if you've got a military background, you know that we we still yep. to this day advocate for leaders at every level. And, you know, and it's mm-hmm. not about you know, whether you're in charge or not. It's, you know, because all of us are essentially followers. Right. If you're not the yep. president of the United States, we're, we're following somebody's command. Uh, yep. Right. And so, you know, in the moment, though, you've got to lead. And, you know, and if, if yep. the captain falls and it takes over, and if the lieutenant falls, the sergeant takes over, you know, and then eventually you get to the Audie Murphy story where the private took over because there wasn't anybody left, uh, right? Yep. And so That's, you, you yeah. start looking at stuff going, a lot of times there there is no inbound mortar shell, right? There is no inbound missile, yep. right? But but you know, because of the, the, you know, the sense that you have of your organization, it's like the best drivers when they know their engine's out of tune. How do they know that, right? They're not looking at a dashboard with an array of reports for, you know, different components of the engine. They just feel it, right? Yeah. It's not, it's right, yep. you know, 
you ride a motorcycle, you get that same sense of, yeah, something's not quite right here. This thing's not in tune. Yeah. If you're a musician, I cover a lot of this in the book as well, because I'm, I am a musician, right? And when I hear, mm-hmm. you know, an out of instrument in my group, it makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. I don't, I don't have to <laughs> Something's not right. Song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so you know, the word I use yeah, is listening for dissonance. What's not dissonance? Right, right. And then that thing, whatever it is, when you, yeah, and a lot of times you recognize it real quickly. You know, Malcolm Gladwell did a great job in his book, Blink, talking about that, right? You know, the, the, the art expert knows it's a forgery as soon as he sees it, but it takes him three days to figure out why. Yeah. And, and a lot of times, you know, in your organization that you need to move, you yep. need to change. And and maybe you don't know why, but that sense that you have that something's not quite right here should drive yep. you to do the research, take the three days to figure it out and then start organizing and, and you know, putting position things in place to, to allow you to make that change create the safety. And that's where the leadership comes in, right? And that's where the leadership comes in. That's where you keep talking about leadership. And, you know, you were talking about before break, you were actually quoted, because I used the quote uh, from the Leadership Challenge by Kuzis and Posner, and here's the quote, in contrast, and talking about difference between management and leading, it said, in contrast, the root origin of manage is a word meaning hand. At its core, managing is about handling things, about maintaining order, about organization control. And he goes on to say the critical difference between management and leadership is reflected in the root meaning of the two words. The difference between what it means to handle things and what it means to go places. The unique role of leaders is to take us a place that we've never been before. But you, you hit a key word there, uh, uh, Walt. You said trust. Trust is a huge component in change. Talk to us about the important role of trust in change. Well, you know, uh, you know Stephen Covey's son, Stephen Covey, uh, wrote a great book called The Speed of Trust, where, you know, he kind of really unpacks that in great detail about how, you know, if you if you can create a, an environment uh, where everybody can build, you know, that high level of the highest level of trust turns out to equate to the highest level of commitment and extra mile performance for your team. And, and so, you know, I, I can't stress that and I certainly can't say it any better than he did in his book. Mm-hmm. But, but I will tell you, there's a true competitive environment uh, and advantage, right? You know, if you're looking for an unfair advantage in your business, create a high trust environment for your team, right? And then you think about, you know, the metaphor of the team sports world, right? You know, if you've ever been mm-hmm. part of a team, everybody was yeah. kind of backbiting each other after the play is over. You know, y'all walk, you screwed that up. You don't know how to tackle, <laughs> man. You don't know what it doesn't inspire optimum performance from your player yeah. when you do that. But but if, if somebody on the team says, hey, well, you know what? You know how to do this, man. Come on. You know, get your head in the game and, and you, you'll get him next time, right? You know, and lift you up and, and you know, pat you on the back. All of a sudden, you're willing to, to find that extra energy that you need to perform better for your team because you don't want to let yep. them down, right? It's like you've yep. already let them down. There's no way to recover. This gets worse. It's a spiral down from there, right? And and in a way, yep. this is trust, right? What I'm talking about is not just uplifting, but it, it is it is that spiritual component. I will say that, yep. right? We talk about yep. core, team spirit, and being inspired, and then we act as if you know, well, people are just logical machines, right? And if you're a CFO, you, you think, well, we're just you know items on the spreadsheet that are cost. And, and yet, you know, all of the creativity, all the imagination comes from that spiritual component of the human being. And, and so, you know, and if you want to get a team that is inspired and committed to each other, the esprit de corps, then, then yeah. isn't there a spiritual component of your leadership? And I thought Kuzis and Posner handled that great in the Leadership Challenge. Yeah. That was one of the first books I read on this a long, long time ago, and it obviously stuck with me. Uh, yeah. Right. And, you know. Again, it's all about the heart. I, I want to uh, just add one more. You know, so vision is one, and, and leadership extends from vision. But leadership doesn't go very far without the heart condition of courage. Mm, great you got, point. You to take that input, that sense that something's not quite right in the engine, and then turn, in, turn it into an action plan to actually make change. And change is very difficult in organizations of people. 
I call it organizational inertia. People like it the way it is. I know what I do every day, Walt. I know where my cube is. I know where the bathrooms are. I don't really want to change. Yep. I'm comfortable. Right? And and yep. so when, when Peter comes in and says, no, guys, we can't stay here. we got to move, and here's why. Right? Then, then you know, you, you're on that path. But it takes a lot of courage to overcome the organizational inertia, move people into a shared understanding of why we need to change. Yeah. And, and I think and we're getting ready to go. Yeah, we're getting ready to go hard break. And after the break, I want to pick up on one last piece is the seven C's that you talk about of effective change. But, Walt, I got to tell you, before we hit break, I love hearing you're a, you're a scientist, you're a, a left-brain IT guy. For you to talk about spirit is so important because I think that is a point that's left out. People relate it to religion where it's not the same thing. And we are a three-part being. We have a physical component called the body that's a machine. We have a mental slash social component, which runs the the machine, you know, the battles in the mind. God even tells us that. And then you have a spiritual component that we're all spiritual beings have a human experience. And so I think that's so powerful uh, that you hit on that, the spiritual component about the heart and the connecting with people. So uh, today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking to best-selling author Walt Carter, and we're talking about his book, We Can't Stay Here, Becoming a Great Change Captain. We'll be right back with Walt Carter. When I attended the Leadership Awakening workshop, I didn't know what to expect, but I was open. The tools taught at Leadership Awakening helped me discover things about myself that were holding me back from being all God created me to be. Providential? That word coins these life-changing classes because I now realize there are works God has already created for me to walk in, and these workshops helped me to see this more clearly. I received practical insights that I am already applying to be a more focused businesswoman, influential mom to my two teenagers, an eight-and-a-half-year-old son, and patient and passionate wife. I got rid of a lot of clutter in my head. BS, they call it, belief systems that were not serving me. If you want to know what it means to empower others instead of trying to control them, if you want to build a productive team in two days, if you want to press the reset button in your life and give yourself a fresh new beginning, then do yourself and your family a favor and attend the next Leadership Awakening. It's time the giant in you comes alive. Leadership Awakening is coming to a location near you. Details at likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. This is where we're living life like it matters. This is your hour of power where we're under construction. We're going to be a little bit better today than yesterday, a little bit better tomorrow than today. And today we're blessed because uh, we have a best-selling author, Walt Carter, who wrote a great book called We Can't Stay Here, Becoming a Great Change Captain. And, and while I'm telling you, man, I could listen to you talk all day. I mean, you, you fascinate me. I mean, we, uh, you, you, uh, very impressive. But before we get on to our last subject, before we get in the show, could you let uh, listeners know how can they get a hold of you? I know you do, um, you do a leadership change. You do change management. You do so much outside of the book how would people get a hold of you if they wanted to reach out to you so the the simplest way is uh probably you just go to waltcarter.com uh and you'll you'll see uh, you know all kinds of different avenues to get a hold of me there uh okay. i am also at alt 74 on twitter so if you guys are you know into twitter uh you can connect with me out there uh you know and uh you know for those of you guys that are on linkedin i'm walter g carter uh, on Twitter, and uh, there's several Walt Carters out there in the world. Uh, so you know, be careful that you get the. <laughs> Uh, the right one. Yeah, get the right Walt. Get the right Walt. Hey, you know, uh, I want to cover one last thing on the seas. You know, it's so funny, Walt. There's a lot of things I connected with you when I heard you talking to Craig, your leadership background, all that. Just very impressive. But I do a lot with seas. I, I do the four plus one seas of leadership, you know, commitment, clear vision, communication, consensus. And then once you have all those, then we add consistency. And one of the things I like to say in life that the three seas of life are cilantro, coconut, and cinnamon. Three of my favorite seas I love. So, uh, you have something that fascinated me. It's called the Seven C's of Effective Change Leadership. we got about eight minutes left, and I kind of wanted you to see if you can go into that a little bit. What are the seven C's of Effective Change Leadership? Well, the, the, the discussion so far about vision, obviously I want to start with charting a course, right? What is what is that map of the, the change going to look like for the team? And, and the more granular I can make my chart, my map, 
the, the easier it is to get people to buy into the vision, right? This is a credible yeah. opportunity to make this change happen. Then, then once I have a good map, right, that chart, I want to set yeah. some controls. I want to make sure that I, I know how am I going to know when I'm done, right? You know, and, yeah. uh, you know, what, what, what am I going to need to manage the crew, to manage the stakeholders, to manage the investors, right? The sponsors, all of that stuff is, you know, that, there's a control framework that needs to be yeah. pretty well out, to be honest with you. And you don't want to be thinking about it when you're, you know, in a squall or in a big sea storm, right? You know, if things yeah. are not quite going the way you think. Those controls are really important, right? We talk about uh, yep. your point of no return. And flying and, and going across the ocean and, and big vessels, right? You know, and we all seem to understand what that means. But how do you know when you've crossed the line? There's there's not a dotted yeah. line on the ocean that you that, you know, and it's all about the controls. The the probably the most important part beyond those two is choosing the crew, right? Who's going to go with you? Who's going to help you get this done? And and I I spent a lot of time there because that turned out to be a pretty important piece, right? Um, yeah. Casting off. When you cast off, there, there's a ceremony that, that, you know, I think is really important. And, and a lot of that has to do with that spiritual component we talked about, Scott, because, you know, I'm going to set things in public with my ceremony for how I cast off that are either going to help me or hurt me long term, right? I'm going to make commitments. I'm going to make promises to, to various people about how this is going to go and what we're going to do along the way how we're going to treat each other. All of that stuff is part of that casting off ceremony. Um, you know, the connection is really about connecting your crew to the mission and to each other. And, uh, and by the way, you know, just as a side note real quick, maturity doesn't come from age and experience. Maturity comes from how well you think you're connected to the other party, right? You know, if, if you devalue that yep. other party, it's easy to cast them off and, and devalue yep. them to the to flip them off and walk away, right? You know, but if you value them, you'll find <laughs> yeah. the maturity. You'll you'll find the maturity to find a way to work it out, right? And the more committed and connected yep. you feel, the better you're going to work. So now we're back into that high trust team, right? How do we do that? Well, you do that yep. with connection, and the leader has a responsibility to drive that connection. Then, you know, we talk about communication uh, is the next big piece. You know, how do I make mm -hmm. sure everybody sees what we're doing and and is connected? through the commands. I mean, and in the military, we were always way up front of that. We had, you know, drummers beating the rhythm for us to march. We had the buglers and the, the, the guys that <laughs> yeah. would play the horns. You know, you know, we had the big flags that you could yeah. see for miles and miles, letting the archers know when to fire, you know, and when not to fire, that kind of stuff. So, so communication and having a communication plan is also really a critical component. And probably the last one and the hardest one for many of us is collaboration, right? How do you actually do that working together thing, right? You know, it's it's easy to be an individual contributor, but most big change is a team sport, as we've said, and therefore I'm going yep. to need to work well with others, not just work with them, but work well with them. And and if you put those seven C words together, charting the course, controlling the, the mission and the crew, Selecting the right crew, casting off, connecting them, communicating, collaborating. All of a sudden, you've got successful outcomes on your change, right? Any one of those that mm. you miss probably puts you, you know, in a potential shipwreck, uh, you know. So I, I think wow. organizing this way helps you, right? Um, and then, yeah. you know, there's a couple of thoughts here I just want to share real quick. One of those is on, Please. you know, the, the unknown unknowns, as they say. Right. You know, most of those big sailing exploration missions, just like our, our big transformations in our companies, are filled mm -hmm. with unknowns. And, and you cannot plan for things that you don't know about. You can plan yeah. on how you're going to deal with those unknowns when you encounter them. You can plan for how you're going to mm -hmm. be referring back to your controls. You're going to you're going to be able to plan how you're going to deal with your crew and communicate with them. What does that mean? And, and so you, you need to understand that there's, there's a lot of things that you will not know before you go to that new place you've never been before with your whole team or your company. And you, you yeah. as a leader, need the one that sets the tone for how we deal with those unknown unknowns when we encounter them. Uh, you know, yeah. also as you know, a guy that works a lot in the world of budgeting, you know, I've got to have my CFOs understand that, you know, I'm not going to be able to give you a to the penny on this stuff. 
we're going to we're going to put some <laughs> up there in ballparks, and we're going to do our best to keep the cost to a minimum. But we're either committed or we're not, right? Yeah. And so those are the kinds of things. I mean, I love I love C words too. Obviously, uh, next book for me is, <laughs> is consistency, congruence, and coherence. And uh, oh, you wow. know, three, three C words that I think you know. Am I am I Am I predictable? Uh, do I, you know, am I internally, uh, you know, consistent and reliable with myself? Am I congruent? And then does this make sense? Does this hang together, what I'm telling you guys to do? Uh, does that make sense, right? Is it coherent or incoherent? And the working title of that book, Scott, is Driving Behind Idiot. Wow. Well, and it's much needed today. Much needed today. Be- because there's so much going on where people aren't critically thinking anymore. They're not critically thinking anymore. It's just people are being told what to think. So uh, anyways, we're, we're going to have to cut this short. We're getting ready to go to a hard break and end the show. Today we've been talking with Walt Carter. Uh, he wrote a great book called We Can't Stay Here Anymore. It's about becoming a great change captain, and you can pick it up on Amazon. Great write-up. He's already on the bestsellers list. So, Walt, thank you so much for sharing with our listeners, and I've really enjoyed this time together. So I appreciate it. I have too, Scott. Thanks so much for having me on today. I really appreciate it. All right, my friend. God bless you. Bye-bye. You know, wow, what he just shared, what Walt just shared in the book, highly recommend the book. Please go out, pick up the book. Uh, I scanned it, just scanned it, getting ready for this, and I couldn't put it down. And you heard the interview. It was hard to uh, let him uh, inter- interrupt him because, man, he so, such, has such wisdom, such knowledge, such background. And for someone who studied leadership, who studied change, who teaches it for 30 years, man, talk about congruency. Right online. I would follow him. He's a good man. I highly recommend the book, uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to his next book. See, this is what leadership's about. Leadership's about becoming the, the man or the woman that you're supposed to be. It's knowing who you are. It's knowing why you're here. It's knowing who you are. Uh, and part of that process is change. And there's a lot of change going on around us. Uh, some of the change is not good. Some of the change is good. And you know what it's based on? Based on those existential questions of who am I? Why am I here? What's my purpose? If today was my last day on this planet, did it matter one bit that I was given this gift called life? And so if change is a constant in life, then that trust in change is absolutely critical. Because you've got to trust that the change that you're making is incongruent with who you are. And the people that you're leading need to know that the trust that you're guiding them on is for everybody's benefit and that you have their best interest at heart. This is the key. This is the spiritual component that Walt was talking about. You're under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. I am Mr. Black, helping you become more hopeful about your future and reminding you when you live your life like it matters. It does. You have been listening to Mr. Black, Master Trainer for Like It Matters. Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters.